You are listening to the sermon podcast from House for All Sinners and Saints. We are a congregation of the Evangelical Lutheran Church of America, located in Denver, Colorado. And you can find out more about us at houseforall.org. Grace, peace, and mercy are yours from the triune God. Amen. Uh, So one of the things I've been doing with my free time during this latest phase of the pandemic um, is I have been playing zombie games for my spiritual health. Um, In particular, this uh, series of zombie games called The Last of Us. If you're a video gamer, you've probably heard of it. Um, It's about some of the last humans left on earth, ironically, after a pandemic, a pandemic that is way worse than the one that we are living through, where the whole society has collapsed due to a fungus that infects people's brains and turns them into zombies. I mean, there's just something oddly comforting about about living through a global pandemic while reflecting and playing through a game where where it shows that things could be just so, so much worse. Because as hard as this past year has been, Uh, One thing nobody has to worry about is zombies crawling through the windows, which is why I decided to to preach today about, about facing our fears. Because though we might have different levels of tolerance to fear, I might play zombie video games, you might, that might be a choice you would never make. Facing our fears, it's not something that any of us really truly like to do. And yet our our gospel for today tells us that when we turn towards the zombies and the poisonous serpents and ultimately towards the cross, that 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 is when we fall most deeply into God's mercy and love. I mean, after all, today's gospel contains not only one of the most well-known passages about God's love, John 3.16, for God so loved the world but it follows right on the heels of one of the most frightening images of salvation, one of the most frightening images of healing in all of scripture when when Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. Of course, this comes from uh, the reference in the gospel, comes from our reading that we just heard from the book of Numbers, which is literally a story about being saved by facing our worst fears. Moses and the Israelites are in the desert after having escaped like actual slavery, which is uh, a, a really serious thing. And then they do what all humans do. They forget and they start complaining about the food. So then a den of cobras gets released on them. And when they don't really like that either, God tells Moses to make a serpent of bronze and put it on a pole. And whenever those bitten would look at it, they would be healed. I mean, get this, in in order to be healed, they had to actually look the image of the snake in the eyes. They had to stare into the face of the thing that scared them the most in that moment. And the poison that they are running from becomes the thing that actually heals them. This is interesting. In In the Greek version of the Bible, the word for poison is pharmakos. And that word pharmakos means both poison and cure, 
poison and medicine, poison and healing. And so I've been thinking a lot this week about how we find our healing in the things that scare us the most. Which is precisely how the Gospel of John in today's passage defines the power of the cross. That the thing we fear the most is also the cure for our human condition. That when the one we proclaim as Lord, as as will happen on Good Friday, when the one we proclaim as Lord gets strung up on a tree by the empires of this world, and that even when we betray him and help crucify him ourselves, that this worst possible news is actually the beginning of our freedom from all the things that we are most afraid of. And right now, I'll just be honest, the thing that I'm most afraid of is actually having hope. Because after a year of being hyper-vigilant that the worst possible thing could just be right around the corner, I'm honestly afraid to have hope. Even as we have so many reasons to be hopeful right now with the promise of the vaccine, the promise that everyone will be eligible by May, the promise that we'll be back together in person this summer, all these signs of hope, it's like there's this part of me that is responsible for hope that's been sleeping for a year. And it's just not ready to get up. It's afraid to come up, and, and this part of me that's responsible for, fear, for, for hope, it just feels easier to, to stay in bed with the covers pulled over its head until we all get the all clear. But here's the thing about hope, at least the kind of hope that Jesus brings. Christian hope has, has never existed in a vacuum separate from our worst fears. Christian hope is about looking that snake in the face and knowing that it's real, and yet also knowing that the poisonous snakes and the zombies and the virus will not ultimately win. That the cross of Jesus is the story of our worst possible nightmare actually coming true, and yet God refuses to let that be the end of the story. And so what that good news tells me is that there is room within me, there is room within my heart for both hope and the realistic fears that I hold at the same time. And that just because I am still afraid of what could happen in the coming months, that that fear doesn't mean I don't also get to be hopeful. Because believing in Jesus, as the language of our gospel says, whosoever believeth in Jesus, I don't think believing in Jesus is so much about simply believing that Jesus is the Son of God, though we do proclaim this mystery. But it's about believing in Jesus means experiencing the power of God to break open our hearts and make room for hope within us, even when we don't think there's any room for hope at all. Even when we are afraid to be hopeful, as I have been. Because sometimes I think we are afraid to be hopeful because we we think that being hopeful will cause us to lose our grip on reality. And then we'll, we'll be blindsided when the numbers start 
climbing again. We'll be blindsided when we lose our job or our marriage falls apart. And like, I get that. Honestly, I'd rather feel prepared for a disaster than be surprised by one. And yet, what I've discovered these past few weeks reflecting on my own fear of having hope, what I've discovered is that when I cling so tightly to my fears, I can't see any room for hope. I lose my capacity to experience joy in the midst of fear. I lose the capacity to uh, hold them simultaneously at the same time. I lose the capacity to, to delight in the miracle of the vaccine or that babies are still being born, even in our congregation as we await the birth of several babies this year. I lose the capacity to, to delight in the fact that newcomers are still finding our church and transforming who we are and bringing their gifts like Ana Luisa's chanting today and Kenny Martinez's music that we've enjoyed these past few weeks. I lose the capacity to delight in the fact that tomorrow I will get on a plane and then a few hours later I will hug my mom for the first time in 14 months. That's what happens when, when I cling so tightly to my fear that I, that I can't see any room for hope within me. And y'all, I want to have the capacity to experience those joys deep in my heart, even if the shit hits the fan the day after tomorrow. Which is why it's, it's so vital that we, as Christians, we confess our fears out in the open as, as I'm doing right now. Because the moment that I got clear that what I'm actually afraid of is having hope, the moment I was able to confess that in my heart and bring that before God, it was in that very moment that I could feel God making space within me to actually be hopeful. Which is why I believe our gospel says that those who don't believe in Jesus are already condemned. Not because non-believers are going to hell. But because the cross of Christ, it's like this gigantic invitation for us to get clear about what we're afraid of. And to then wear our fears on our sleeves. To be open about them. So that Jesus can heal us and, and make room in our hearts for more than just our fears. So that Jesus can, can give us hope, even when having hope is the scariest thing we can think of. And so we, all of us, are indeed condemned when we can't get honest about our fears. Because repressed fear hidden fear, fear that we run from. It's just a recipe for hurting ourselves and others. It's just a recipe for crowding out hope and letting fear be the thing that dominates our lives. Which is why following Jesus means being honest about our fears. It means bringing them to the foot of the cross so that, so that God can show us that our, that our fears are not a barrier to hope but that our fears are actually the gateway to our hope. Because in the like crazy mathematics of the gospel, fear and hope don't cancel each other out. The snake on the pole that Moses lifts up, the cross of Christ that Jesus is nailed to, is found in the same passage 
that says, for God so loved the world. Fear and hope don't cancel each other out. Fear and hope transform each other. They exist in this living relationship where our fear brings us to the foot of the cross, and the cross then brings us to the hope of Easter morning. Because being honest about what we're afraid of is is actually what gives us the capacity to have real, enduring hope in the first place. And for that hope to not crumble in the face of ongoing trial. You know, all of this makes me think about my experience in, in Alcoholics Anonymous like when I when when people want to get sober and I send them to meetings and then we talk about it, one of the the main complaints I get from folks who are new to twelve step is, why would I spend like hours and hours sitting in a in a dark basement talking about the things I'm most afraid of? Why would I spend all this time talking about my addictions, my fear that I might relapse, and all the awful things that have happened to me? I just want to move on. They say. But here's the thing, AA has figured out the same good news that our gospel tells us, which is that our cure, our medicine begins with the same poison that got us into this mess in the first place. That facing our fears is the beginning of our liberation from those fears. Because here's what happens when we crowd out fear What I think we're really doing is we're trying to crowd out powerlessness. We're trying to side with confidence, which is the opposite of fear. We're trying to stay rooted in our own power and our own goodness. We're trying to stay rooted in in our sort of imagination that we can control things. But unfortunately, when we are confident in our own strength alone, when we are confident in our own power to change the things that we actually can't change, when we are confident in our own strength, we inevitably, we make somebody else the weak one, somebody else the sinful one, somebody else the broken one, and we are the good ones. We're the strong ones. We're the ones who don't have fear. And that leads inevitably to violence, sacred violence, actual physical violence, violence in our systems and our world. But the power of the cross and of of staring that snake in the face is to tell us that it's okay to be afraid. It's okay to be honest about our powerlessness. And not just that it's okay, but that knowing our limits, knowing knowing what we are most afraid of will actually save us. Because it will save us from thinking that we have to do it all on our own. And it will also save us from needing to make our neighbor the broken one, our neighbor the one who is the fearful one, our neighbor the one who is the sinful one. Our fears, confessing our fears openly before God is like the portal to us recognizing 
our limits and then being able to lean on each other, to lean on the body of Christ together. Because we are all the broken ones. We are all the fearful ones. And so today, regardless of whatever fears you may hold, today we get to be hopeful, even if we are still afraid. Because when we are afraid, we have no choice but to fall into the mercy of God. And God will take our fear and he will raise it up and raise us up with it. Amen. You have been listening to the sermon podcast from House for All Sinners and Saints. If you would like to support the ongoing ministry of our church, please visit our website at houseforall.org and click on Give.